Good evening. Welcome to Mary Queen of Peace Parish as we celebrate the 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A special welcome is extended to those who are visiting with us today and to anyone returning home to our parish community. You are always welcome here. We do have a few announcements. Join us this Sunday, tomorrow, for a pancake breakfast at the Parish Administration Center. See the bulletin for additional details. Also in today's bulletin is information concerning proposed changes to our weekend mass schedule. Please take a look. Though the formal requirement for masking has been lifted, we invite you to make your own choice to continue masking and or social distancing. Assisting us today as our lectors are Joanne Paradise and Mary Pakatinskis. Our altar server is Paul Kuchka. Our cantor is me, Megan Corder. Our organist is Cindy Plazak. Our celebrant today is Father Michael. Please now stand if you are able for the entrance procession and join with each other in singing our opening hymn, Praise to the Lord the Almighty, number 616, number 616. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. And with your spirit. Good evening, everyone. Continuing to journey with Jesus on his way to Jerusalem in Luke's gospel, continuing to understand and deepen what it means to be a follower of Christ, his disciple, and to live that in our everyday lives. As we begin, we know how important it is for us, again, to rely upon the grace and the mercy that God has for us, that we may walk more closely with him and one another. Lord Jesus, you have called us to follow. Lord, have mercy. Christ Jesus, your words are spirit and life. 
Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you place the kingdom of God above all things. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us of our sin, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen.
gathering our prayers together, let us pray. God, who founded all the commands of the sacred law upon love of you and our neighbor, grant that by keeping your precepts, we would merit to obtain eternal life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Opening our minds and hearts to hear the word of God this weekend, we hear from the prophet Amos. And the prophet Amos challenges the people who are practicing their religions and their feast and visiting shrines if they're also practicing that religion in their lives and in their business. Second reading, we're continuing from the first letter of Paul to Timothy. And uh, Paul encourages Timothy and the community there to pray for leaders who make decisions on behalf of so many. And particularly, though, he also talks about how leaders have to be creative and respond to the needs. And he talks about how he has been, as leader, charged with preaching in truth to the Gentiles. A reading from the book of the prophet Amos. Hear this, you who trample upon the needy and destroy the poor of the land. When will the new moon be over, you ask, that we may sell our grain, and the Sabbath, that we may display the wheat? We will diminish the ephah, add to the shekel, and fix our scales for cheating. We will buy the lowly for silver and the poor for a pair of sandals. Even the refuse of the wheat we will sell. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, never will I forget a thing you have done. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Praise the Lord. 
dust he lifts up the lowly from the ash heap he raises the poor to set them in the company of princes yes with the princes of his people praise the A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Beloved, first of all, I ask that supplications, prayers, petitions, and thanksgivings be offered for everyone, for kings and for all in authority, that we may lead a quiet and tranquil life in devotion, and dignity. This is good and pleasing to God our Savior, who wills everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God. There is also one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, this is the testimony at the proper time. For this I was appointed preacher and apostle. I am speaking the truth. I am not lying. Teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. It is my wish then that in every place the men should pray lifting up holy hands without anger or argument. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be with you. And with your spirit. 
a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, a rich man had a steward who was reported to him for squandering his property. He summoned him and said, what is this I hear about you? Prepare a full account of your stewardship because you can no longer be my steward. The steward said to himself, what shall I do? Now that my master is taking the position of steward away from me, I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I know what I shall do, so that when I am removed from the stewardship, they may welcome me into their homes. He called in his master's debtors one by one. To the first he said, how much do you owe my master? He replied, 100 measures of olive oil. He said to him, here is your promissory note. Sit down and quickly write me one for 50. Then to another, the steward said, and you, how much do you owe? He replied, 100 cores of wheat. The steward said to him, here is your promissory note. Write one for 80. And the master commended that dishonest steward for acting prudently. For the children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. I tell you, make friends for yourself with dishonest wealth so that when it fails, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. The person who is trustworthy in a very small matter is also trustworthy in great ones. The person who is dishonest in very small matters is also dishonest in great ones. If, therefore, you are not trustworthy with dishonest wealth, who will trust you with true wealth? If you are not trustworthy with what belongs to another, who will give you what is yours? No servant can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. So what do we have to lose in putting God and the kingdom of God first? You know, it's interesting when you talk to someone who knows they're at the end of their lives or you encounter someone that you care about, you love, a friend that um, just heard that they have a month left of their job right? And so, so when you know there's a specific finality to things, and, and oftentimes, of course, there's, there's a sense of, you know, confusion, loss, dread, whatever that comes from situations like that. But also in those situations, there's oftentimes 
a sense of freedom that can come, right? It's that sense of, what do I got left to lose, <laughs> right? You know? Uh, you know, it's interesting, as I encounter people oftentimes in anointing uh, at the kind of the end of life, and I know it's kind of the end of life, and we still, in the, the, the understanding of the church, we, of course, have the, what we call the sacrament of the sick, which is not supposed to be just end of life, but people still somehow have that Catholic thinking that, you know, it's, it's necessary to do, or we need to do it at the very end of life. We used to call it last rites, remember? But, but there are times when I do have the opportunity to anoint somebody who I know is coming to the very end. And what I oftentimes will say to the loved ones that are gathered around family and friends and to the person themselves, if they're conscious, is you now have the opportunity to say all of those things you know you need to say, right? You following that, you know? And oftentimes, to kind of to bring things to conclusion that you know you need to bring to conclusion, to tell someone how much you've appreciated them, how grateful you are for them, how, how much you care about them and love them, to ask for forgiveness for the things that are broken between you, right? You have that opportunity. Take it. Don't miss it, for goodness sakes. What have you got to lose? <laughs> right? 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 You kind of got that? Right? Right? So we've been now walking with Jesus on his way to Jerusalem. And what's happening now as we're on the way to Jerusalem, we're hearing now a number of Jesus' teachings offered to us in parables. And last week, we actually got to hear the entire 15th chapter of Luke that had this trilogy of parables, all of them about the lost and the found, and about how God's mercy is extended in so many ways. The lost sheep, the lost coin, the, the prodigal son, the elder son, the loving and embracing father, right? And so that was just the 15th chapter. Now we're into the 16th chapter, and we're getting to hear two more, and these parables, like two of the others, are uniquely Lucan parables. So today, this weekend, we're hearing the parable of the dishonest Steward, And then it's followed by a number of sayings and things that Jesus probably said, maybe in relation to the parable or not, but it certainly is in Luke's gospel. And then secondly, next weekend, we're going to pick up on another specifically Lucan parable, and it is the parable of the rich man and the poor Lazarus, which probably we're familiar with. We'll hear that next weekend. And so once again, let me just again, remind us what parables are trying to do for us, right? It's a very unique way of teaching. It's the way that Jesus probably taught most in his historic self as he was walking. His parables are accounted in all the Gospels, but the parables are accounted, or there's more parables in Luke's Gospel than any of the others. And so parables, once again, two things very significant about parables. They teach in a unique way that is not to confirm, not to support, not to encourage the everyday common logic or wisdom of the time, but actually to do something opposite. They are supposed to twist 
They're supposed to disturb. They're supposed to unmoor. They're supposed to uproot. What they're trying to do is to tear open minds, hearts, the way we normally think, act, be, decide, to make room for the possibility of something else, something more creative, something more of God's kingdom, right? So they're supposed to tear us open to create a possibility first thing. Again, second thing about parables, remind, they are not to teach like a specific thing, right? It's not a PowerPoint. It's not a question and answer. It's a story that has multiple ways of looking at it, many ways to interpret. And what that does is it actually invites us, the hearer, the one who is experiencing the parable of the word proclaimed, to enter into it, to participate in it, and find out what it does to us. Right? So it's participatory learning, fully participatory, right? We're supposed to be engaged and, and, and really uh, interpret and participate in the meaning. Now, that being said, this is one of the most confusing parables, right? <laughs> right? And so I just want to offer a little perspective on it, maybe a way, you know, maybe this in, you know, and you're walking into the room of the parable and there's many doors and you can open up or interpret in this way. Here's the way maybe I saw it, maybe differently this time than ever before. And so I just want to share it a little bit with you. Maybe it's helpful for you. Maybe it'll help you to participate in it. Maybe not, but I'm just going to share a little bit about this parable, the dishonest steward, okay? First of all, it's confusing to us that someone is praised for the dishonesty, right? That's what it seems. But really in the parable, that's not actually happening. The person isn't praised for their dishonesty. It says they're praised for their prudence. We don't know how the steward in this parable has squandered his master's property. It may be from incompetence. It may be because he's lazy. It may be because, um, you know, he, he's, he's intentionally doing it. He's working hard at it, right? Maybe he's trying to build up his own self and his own wealth and being. We don't know. It doesn't say anything about that. But what we do know about the steward in the parable is how he reacts to a crisis situation to make good for himself. When he's in a situation that he's going to be removed from the stewardship, it says, quickly, sit down, write me one for something different. Take your promissory note, and instead of my master getting 100 in cores of wheat, right, now he's going to get 80. So by the way, he's, this is continued dishonesty, to be quite honest with you, right? He shouldn't, he shouldn't necessarily be praised that. But, but the reason why the master says he's prudent is because he's playing on the reality of business, of society, of, of knowing that he's really setting himself up to be welcomed into their lives, their homes, that if he does something for them that is going to be reciprocated in the reciprocal society of the Greco-Roman culture, right? So he's being actually prudent and shrewd, and that's what he's praised for. And so he's praised for his shrewdness, his quick reaction, his creativity to crisis, and he does so because he doesn't have anything to lose, does he? Right? Doesn't have anything to lose. What made that speak to us? 
what might we hear in that as disciples, those who are on the road to Jerusalem? I don't know, but this is the insight I receive from that. You know, again, how, you know, we believe in the resurrection. We believe in the power of the resurrection. And so often we put so many things in front of or more important than God's life, God's love, God's kingdom, what our religion, what our faith is really supposed to be all about. A deep and deepening relationship in God's grace, love, and mercy, and sharing that and helping be a part of the kingdom of God here and now and is to come. And, and I don't know about you, but I put so many things before that. And not only that, but sometimes I get frozen in my way of doing and being, <laughs> the way of thinking, right? And, 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 and I think I have to take care of all this stuff. But maybe, maybe if I put the kingdom of God first, if I'm shrewd enough to think about what this might break open in my life, Right? If I think about how then I am participating in a new way, in a creative way, what might I do if I had nothing to lose for the kingdom of God? What might I do? What might you do? Right? I, I, I once heard someone say, you know, um, I love people who talk about examinations of conscience, right? And, of course, we were taught, many Catholics were taught, at, at the end of the night, sit down, examine your conscience, ask for forgiveness for the things you've done wrong, look for places where you, you know, you, you saw and experienced good and give thanks to God for that. But I heard somebody once say that we should, instead of examine our conscience at the beginning of the day, we should examine our conscience at the beginning of the day. Not the end, but the beginning. And, and as we examine our conscience, we shouldn't just say, what did I do wrong? But we should say, what am I being called to do today? How am I being called to act today? How might I live today and work towards the good, the kingdom of God, the, the way I, I might plan for, uh, be creative with? And, and think about if I sat down at the beginning of my day, and examined my conscience and looked towards the day and what my day was going to hold, if I thought to myself, today, you don't have anything to lose. Huh? What can I do for good for God's kingdom? Because we're called to be children of light, children of the resurrection. And in many ways, in the kingdom of God, we've got nothing to lose. Trusting in God's presence, we together confess or profess one faith and say, I believe in one God, the Father of the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things evil and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of God before all ages, God from God, begotten and not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us men and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, 
he suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. With trust in the God that cares and loves us all, we bring these needs and prayers of petition. Our response is, hear us, O Lord, that the whole church may be newly awakened to the creative genius of the living God, we pray. Hear us, O Lord. For an end to the war in Ukraine, and for all who suffer from the wounds of war all over the world, we pray. Hear us, O Lord. As we celebrate Catechetical Sunday this weekend, that all catechists, families, and learners fall more deeply in love with Christ and Christ's people, we pray. Hear us, O Lord. For all of those on our prayer request list in the bulletin, that their pain and suffering be eased by our prayers, we pray. Hear us, O Lord. We go forth that our actions as church show love for the poor, the marginalized, and refugees, we pray. Hear us, O Lord. For all those who have died in our parish community, especially William Barkowski, Ruth Ann Bishop, and John Ryder, may they be welcome into God's kingdom, we pray. Hear us, O Lord. We remember today Margaret Wood and all the intentions present on the altar along with those we hold in the silence of our hearts, we pray. Hear us, O Lord. Calling on the loving intercession of our patron Mary and mother, we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death, amen. Mary, Queen of Peace, pray for us. As our gifts are gathered and prepared, we sing number 782, Only This I Want, number 782.
Pray, sisters and brothers, my sacrifice and yours will be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. Receive with favor, Lord, we pray, the offerings of your people, that what we profess with devotion and faith may be ours through these heavenly mysteries. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right, just, our duty, our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For just as through your beloved Son you created the human race, so also through him with great goodness you form it anew. So it is right that all creatures serve you, all the redeemed praise you, all the saints with one heart bless you. We too extol you with all of the angels and saints as in joyful celebration we acclaim. Son 
You are indeed holy, O Lord, the font of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, sending your spirit upon them like the dewfall, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The time he was betrayed, he entered willingly into his passion. He took bread, said the blessing, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, again giving thanks, gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection. We offer you, Lord, the bread of life, the chalice of salvation, giving thanks you've held us worthy to be in your presence and to minister to you. Humbly we pray, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church, which is spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity together with Francis, our Pope, with David, our Bishop, with all of the clergy and all who serve and lead your people. Remember also all of our sisters and brothers who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. And have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Saint Joseph, her blessed spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, to praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. 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 Trusting in the kingdom of God at the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to pray. kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from all evil. Graciously grant peace in our day. 
that by the help of your mercy, we may be free from sin, safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope, the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, you said to your apostles and to us, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sin, but the faith of your church. Grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, for you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. We offer one another some sign of Christ's peace. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter into my room, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. For those who cannot be with us today, an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are in the blessed sacrament. I love you above all things, and I long for you in my soul. Since I cannot receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. As though you have already come, I embrace you and unite myself entirely to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Amen. Our communion hymn is number 584, Come to the Water, number 584.
Together, let us stand and let us pray. Graciously raise up, O Lord, those you've renewed with this sacrament, that we may come to possess your redemption both in mystery and in the manner of our life. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May the blessings of Almighty God be upon you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we go forth, we sing number 949, Alleluia, sing to Jesus, number 949. 